message. Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you, Father, for your word. Lord, your word is true. It's tested. And Father, we thank you that you're teaching us tonight. I thank you for your anointing upon me to share what's on your heart with the people. And Father, I thank you for anointing on every ear to hear and every heart to receive that precious seed of the Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, the, the title of the message tonight is Gird Up the Loins of Your Mind. We'll talk about that a little bit. But last January, uh, Pastor David did a teaching on right and wrong thinking. Right and wrong thinking. And it got me to thinking. Uh, and then not long after that, he started a message called The Prosperous Soul. And made me think a little more. And... Uh, in fact, let's look at that. It was taken from 3 John 2, where it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, not just some things, but prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, that's not a new scripture. That just didn't appear last week that God put it in there. I, I don't know how many times in the last... 35 years that I've, I've read that scripture. But for me, and I think most people, the, the focus has usually been on prospering and being in health. And that's, that's good. You want to prosper. You want to be in health. But now I'm seeing, as I thought about that, that uh, there's, there's something in there I need to really grab onto. And then Pastor Scarlett hooked onto that and started adding to what Pastor David was talking about, and more to think about. Now, of course, if you don't understand the biblical principle of a spirit, soul, and body, then a lot of this is going to be lost on you. So it's, it's very important. I'm, I'm just going to review this a little bit. We've, not, uh, we've talked about it before, but uh, in... Uh, you know, most people understand that there's a difference between uh, the body and the soul or the body and the spirit. But a lot of people clump the, the soul and the spirit together. In fact, some people teach that it's all the same, that the, the spirit and the soul are, are one, one thing. But we need to see what the Bible says about it. In 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23, and it's not the only place it gives this, but... Um, in verse 23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body, three things, spirit, soul, and body, be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just briefly to review, you are a spirit. I am a spirit. Human beings are spirit creatures. We're created in the image of God. God is spirit. We are spirit. And that's how we communicate with the spirit realm, is spirit to spirit. Um, the soul is the mental part. The, we call it the, the mind, will, and emotions. Uh, I don't suppose anybody knows anybody that's, that's driven and led by their emotions. 
but we've met a few that are. And it's easy. The, the, the flesh and the, the soul, or the, the, yeah, the, the emotions want to, want to dictate everything you do. And of course, the third thing is the body. And that's simply the, this house that we live in. The, some people call it an earth suit. And we need that because it connects with the, with the physical realm around us. So, uh, we also call it the flesh. So I've been thinking about 3 John 2 and, and how does my soul prosper? If, if prospering in all things and being in health is connected to the prosperity of my soul, what does that mean and what can I do about it? Because uh, a lot of people just neglect that part of your your Christian walk. And then just a few days ago, I was I was just reading my normal daily reading, just minding my own business, and this scripture came up. It jumped out at me. First Peter chapter one, verse thirteen, and it says, "Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you." At the revelation of Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? What, what are the loins of my mind? Well, obviously it's, it's a, it's a figure of speech. It's, it's a, trying to illustrate something to help you understand. And I, I ran across an article by Rick Renner. Rick Renner is one of my favorite teachers. I don't know how many of you've listened to Rick. Rick gets excited about the littlest, tiniest words. But he, so I'll try it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just read what he, wrote here, and I'll try and put my Rick Renner uh, into it. Uh, no, I can't do that. I can't do it like Rick. But anyway, this phrase, gird up the loins, comes from the Greek word, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce that Greek word, but Greek, it's, it's a Greek word that, that Rick can pronounce. But this word was used to describe orientals who wore long robes before taking a long journey, or before running in a race, they would gather up their long robes, the loose robes, and tuck them under their girdle. Okay, that's quite a picture right there. (laughs) Most frequently, this word would be used to depict a runner who was running a race. To run freely and without hindrance, he would reach down and gather the long dangling ends of his garments and then tuck them up under his belt. With the loose ends out of the way, he could then run freely and without distraction. Distraction, But the runner would get in trouble if he ever allowed his garments to fall down and become entangled in his legs. Well, yeah, that's pretty obvious. Even though he may have been picking up his stride and running a good race up to that point, the encumbrance of dangling, loosely hanging clothes would hinder his steps and allowing those loose ends to keep dangling, would that would be a, a sure way to lose the race. But notice, now Rick, this is still Rick Renner here, but notice that Peter is not talking about a garment made of material. He is referring to the loins of your minds. You see, Peter is telling us that if we don't deal with the loose ends that exist in our minds and emotions, if we don't correct those parts of our thinking that we know are wrong, if we don't grab hold of all those dangling uh, areas in our thinking, 
think of it, dangling areas in our thinking and put them out of the way and remove them by the authority of the Word of God, then we are choosing to permit things to exist in our lives that will hinder our steps and slow us down in our race and in our ability to successfully walk with God. If we want to be successful in our spiritual lives and truly walk with God, then we must start by dealing with the loins of our minds. In other words, we must seek to deal with all those loose ends in our thinking that haven't yet been submitted to the Word of God or surrendered to the Holy Spirit's power. That's the end of Rick Renner. This is me now. So how do we do that? How do we do that? How, it, it's part, part of it is renewing your mind uh, that we see in Romans 12 too, when Paul said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I heard a pastor teaching once, and he, he kind of slipped there and said, by the removal of your minds. That's, that might help, but no, don't, don't do that. Um, be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All three parts, spirit, soul, and body, need to be fed to survive, to grow. Um, and, and we are the ones that, that choose the kind of food each one of those gets. Now, you can, you can look at it in the natural realm, not even being a spiritual person, but see that if, if you are uh, working on, on building a physical body, you need to put in good, nutritious food. You need to exercise. You need to do those things that will strengthen that flesh part of who you are. Um, but it, it's all three, if you want to grow, need to, need to choose food that's good for you. Exercise in a way that will help you grow and strengthen you. Um, your body, your flesh will always want to do what it wants to do. I know mine does. Mine would a lot rather sleep in a little longer, eat a lot more sweet things, uh, but I, I know I can't do that. At least my mind has been renewed to that part that I know I need to limit those things. And there are some things that we do that, that are just uh, maybe don't seem so fun. We exercise every day. We go for a walk. And uh, Marta will say, do you want to go for a walk? And I usually say, well, want to isn't the proper word, but we'll do it. You know, we, we go for a walk every day. Um, but that's part of, of feeding that, that part of your, of your body that, because you're, your mind and your spirit uh, have to decide for the body what it's going to do. And that's why if you can get two of those lined up, now the body is always going to be wanting to do what it wants to do, So, but if you can get the mind and the spirit to be in unity on that, then they can tell the body, no, you, you get up, you do what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 5, starting there. We're going to read the verse 5 and 6. But it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds, the King James says, mind the things of the flesh. 
But those who live according to the Spirit, they think about the things of the Spirit. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. When we talk about being any kind of minded, it's, it's what you what you pay attention to, what you think about. I, I know when we were traveling a lot, we'd go through the uh, Amsterdam airport, and they have these moving walkways. And at the end of the walkway, there's a nice little uh, British-sounding voice that comes out, mind your step, mind your step. Well, after you've flown for nine hours and not slept, you kind of appreciate that, oh, I better watch what I'm doing here. Mind your step. But So that's what we're talking about, what you mind, what you pay attention to, what you uh, obey. So to be carnally minded results in experiencing death. And the thing is, it may not be instant. It's, it's not instant. It, it, and that's why a lot of people don't recognize the things that, that have happened to them. I think of, of King David. And David, he was the apple of God's eye. He, he was, he was big in God's kingdom. David made a lot of mistakes and people think, well, David didn't die. There was death all around David. From, from his son, the, the, oh, just, I don't want to get into that, but there were, you look at the life of David and see the things that were, that was death around him, and it was terrible. Uh, so that's death comes from being carnally minded. But to be spiritually minded gives you the experience of life and peace. Oh, I like life and peace, especially the peace part. I, I really like that. There, there, these are the things that will manifest... In life, whether a person is carnally minded or spiritually minded. Um, but what determines what you experience is your mind. It's, it's, uh, that's, that's what we're finding out here. Our minds are much more important than, than we've ever given them credit for, for being. Uh, most believers don't understand that. And I've heard people say, I wish I could just turn off my mind. Well, cause, Sometimes these goofy thoughts come in and you think, I just wish I could just turn it off. Well, if you do that, you'll be like a lot of other people and just go through life mindlessly. We don't need to do that. We need to, we need to feed our mind, let our mind grow, gird up the loins of our mind and uh, don't go through life as a, as a mindless Christian. Uh, I don't remember where I first heard this, but I know when I was teaching, I would remind my my kids, my my kids, my students, and my athletes all that no matter where you are, wherever you are, be all there. Be all there. Um, now, don't raise your hand, but maybe have you ever been in a church meeting or a classroom, uh, and there's teaching going on, but your mind is is a million miles away. One one uh, pastor that we used to listen to talked about it. Don't don't go to China. Stay here. You know, listen. Tune in here. So, uh, but that's that's happened. Uh, Jesus said, "Take heed how you hear, 
and take heed what you hear. Now, in fact, look at Mark chapter 4. Um, I don't think I could teach anything without going to Mark chapter 4, but Mark 4, in verse 24, then he said to them, take heed what you hear with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And you who hear, more will be given. How how it's measured to you has to do with how you heard it. You know, you can be in a room full of people and they all supposedly hear the same message, but they didn't all hear the same message. They they Sometimes you hear what you expected to hear, even if it's not what was actually said. And that's something that we need to need to work on, to develop, to, to overcome that, to make sure we hear what it was that was said. Um, but those that walk after the flesh are thinking about things of the flesh. And, you know, think about what makes you carnal or what makes you spiritual. It's your mind. It's your mind will allow those things either it'll either allow them in or keep them out. And we want to keep the bad ones out, keep the good ones in. Uh, Ephesians 6.12 says we don't wrestle, uh, uh, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Um, let's see. Yeah, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood is not our problem. People are not our problem. Sometimes we think they're a problem. Boy, if we could just get them out of my life, if there's, you know, people are not our problem. It's a spiritual problem. Worldwide today, we're looking at spiritual problems in this country and around the world. You know, we, we maybe look at the leaders and the leaders aren't doing what we think they should be doing. To me, it's so obvious now that People are following the wrong spirits. They're being influenced by evil spirits. Um, no matter what you think of the situation in Ukraine, the uh, a normal president does not go in unprovoked and, and try to take over another country violently. Uh, that spirit being led by the wrong spirits. And so we don't war against those fleshly things. The, the war is in the spiritual realm. Second um, Corinthians 10.3 says, So, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to God for pulling down strongholds. The Satan tries to build strongholds in our mind. And he's pretty good at it because we are bombarded all day with the with, uh, Messages that come from him. And, and he disguises them to look like it's something I might want. Oh, that, that looks pretty good. But if it doesn't measure up to the Word of God, if, if the loins of your mind are not girded up and, and filtering those things out, you can be taken over by that. But it says, verse 5, casting down arguments. That word is also translated reasonings. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought captive. 
And, and this is where the battle takes place. It's in the mind. It's, it's not flesh and blood. It's, it's a spiritual battle, and your mind uh, helps you get there or stay out of it. Um, and, and what is in our mind, the things that we let our mind look at, is much more uh, important. It matters more than we ever thought. Uh, we read Romans 8.5, those who walk in the flesh. Uh, it's just like any, any unsaved person living a, a carnal, unspiritual, ungodly life is a result of minding or paying attention to things of the flesh. And, uh, and verse 6 reminded, reminds us that to be carnally minded is death. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about spirit, soul, and body, but most of the people on this planet today, their whole world is, is this. What you can see and feel and smell and experience. And, and they have no concept of the inner man. It's all about the outer man. But the inner man, the spirit, is, is who we really are and the one that re- we really need to pay more attention to. Um, and, and for us to be spiritual people, we need to be spiritual minded. Uh, because, again, our connection to God is spirit to spirit. The things God wants to show us can't be seen with the natural eye. And, and you won't see them minding the flesh. Um, if, if your focus is only on the outer man and, and pleasing the flesh, uh, but the mind is the connector. You know, there, there are, uh, TV shows that, that I used to really like, uh, that we can't watch anymore. Just because of, uh, it's, it's, there are little subtle things in them that are contrary to what the Word of God teaches me. We are in the end times. You know, if, if you don't know that by now, uh, let me tell you, we're in the end times. And, and uh, you can look at it on the news, and I don't, I don't recommend watching very much news because it just makes you mad, and it makes your mind go the wrong place. And, and, but, but you need to, do need to know what's going on, and you need to know that it is, is a spiritual battle. Um, the mind is the connector for that. When I was a young boy, we had a farm. It's a stretch to call it a farm. We had a few acres. We had a few cows and pigs, and, uh, I, one of my job was to help milk the cows. I think the most we ever had was eight cows, so it wasn't a, a huge operation. And, and I could milk one cow while my dad and brother milked all the rest. But the, it was about 50 yards between my house and the barn. And there were a couple of apple trees in between. And in the daytime, I would play in there and I'd, I'd uh, go over the, we'd ride on the hillside by a swamp and I'd go and play down there and I'd play, I'd climb the trees. Everything was, there was nothing to be afraid of. And then it got dark. And now there was everything to be afraid of. There was, I'm sure there were snakes and, and robbers and murderers. Uh, my cousin even told me about this boogeyman 
that lived over the hill that would come out and, and whatever he would, I don't even know what a boogeyman is, but it was awful. And it put such fear in me that I believe I still hold the world's record for the 50-yard dash for a nine-year-old from my barn to our house. Because I knew in those trees, well, you saw the those trees in the Wizard of Oz that would pull off the apples and throw, there were, there had to be evil things in those trees. There's nothing in those trees. What changed when the sun went down? My mind. That's the only, and I, I knew nothing about the things of God back then, but I'm sure everyone in here has had some of those same kind of experience. Maybe camping with, with other kids and they start telling scary ghost stories. And pretty soon you're just every little noise. You're wondering what's, what's going to attack me now? Uh, those things are, the, the fear is real. It's a spirit. And, and we don't need to entertain that spirit. Um, but, I, you know, the, the manifestation of the spirit of fear is real. But listen, here's the point. Where you allow your mind to go allows your spirit to connect with whatever is there where you go. Get it? Where you let your mind go, you're, you're, you're connecting with something that, that's over there. And whatever, and that allows whatever's there to connect with you. So if it's, if it's an evil thing, whether it's real or imagined, it's just as, it may as well be real because in your mind, it's, it's taken root and you need to deal with it. Um, but the mind is what connects you to those things, either a good thing or a bad thing. Um, and, and again, I just keep saying this, to be carnally minded is death. It matters what we think about. And most people don't believe that. Oh, uh, well, it's just a thought. You know, that, if, as long as you don't do it, you know, it's no big deal. Well, it is a big deal. Because people are totally unaware that spiritual things are real. Now, just because you can't see something doesn't mean it isn't real. Evil spirits are real. Spirit of fear is real. I, that spirit of fear was all over me as a nine-year-old kid, that not wanting to, to make it from the from the barn to the house in the dark. Um, so it's 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 real. The spirit of of sorrow and grief is real. And and the, Satan preys on that. He he glories in the fact that you are wallowing in grief and fear, even when it it doesn't even make sense that you're doing it. It's it's not uh, it's not even reasonable. It's not logical. It's spiritual. And sometimes people get in a terrible state of depression, and uh, and it doesn't make any sense because it's not based on reason. It's a spiritual uh, attack. So spiritual things are real, and uh, and these things are a result of where you let your mind go, and where you let it stay. What's going on in the world right now is spiritual, and it's I'm I'm so convinced of that. It's it's a spiritual 
thing that the world is going through now. And you know, you, you may have bad thoughts. Who hasn't had a bad thought since you were born again? Everybody has. And, and like Brother Hagen used to say, you know, thoughts will come. But thoughts are like birds. And, and you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you don't have to let them build a nest in your hair. That's, that's uh, one of my favorite things that Brother Hagen used to say. In the same way, you can't prevent the enemy from bringing thoughts and feelings and temptations to you. But you don't have to sit and think about it and play with those thoughts for day after day after day till they consume you. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 10 to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Well, how can I do that? Well, go to Philippians chapter 4. Uh, let's go up to, let's go up to verse 4. Uh, where it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. That's a good start. Rejoice in the Lord. Verse 5 says, let your gentleness, another translation says reasonableness, be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6, be anxious for nothing. How can you do that? Well, if you couldn't do it, the Bible wouldn't tell us to do it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, the peace of God, which passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. It, it won't even seem reasonable to other people that you can be in such peace when when all this is going on around you in the world. Well, bless their heart. He, they must not understand the situation, you know. But it's you can you can experience peace if you are committed to to uh, being in Christ Jesus. Um, Verse 8, finally, brethren, now this is what I'm getting at. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate or think, on these things. So here's, here's the checklist. Uh, uh, you know, if, if something wants to come in to your party, uh, you, you need to be there and, and check their ID to make sure they, they can't. What's the first thing on the list? True. There's so much going on now. You watch the news. You, you don't know what's true and what's not true. You know, there was they, uh, some of it's propaganda and the media picks it up and uh, portrays it as, as this is a, a real thing, and it's not. And it, and it uh, makes it so you don't trust anything that, that's on there. But the first thing is true. If, if it's not true, don't let it in. Um, but you, the point is you have to pay attention to what you see, what you hear, what you think. Thoughts that lead you away from peace and lead you away from joy need to be rejected. Now, 
That's a lot easier to say than it is to do. It's probably one of the most challenging things that you do in your life is to train your mind to focus where it's supposed to be focusing. Um, but in Isaiah uh, verse 26 or chapter 26, verse 3, it says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So the more we can focus on on God, on Jesus, the more peace we can have in our life. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So we need to continue continually ask ourselves, where is my mind? What what am I thinking about? Well you can't you can't control what you think about. Yes you can. It takes I mean, it takes practice, it takes uh, commitment and it takes some uh, you need to you need to work on it uh, it's one of the most challenging things you'll ever do learning to control your own mind and the sad thing is most people don't even try they just uh, well that's you know it just come into my mind and that's that's the way it is you know brother brother Hagen once said another quote from brother Hagen says you cannot be spiritual without developing powers of focus and concentration. Focus and concentration. And and he was able to do that. He he had a little, I don't know, just two or three room house, and he had a little office desk set up there, and he'd be there studying or whatever. Kids would be playing in there, making all kinds of kid noises and things, and he was oblivious to it because he was focused on the Word of God. And what he was doing. That takes some training. Now, I was able to do that to a certain extent because I used to teach junior high school. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that can go on in a meeting that I'm just, I can just tune out. Um, it's, it's sad when I see people that are, aren't paying attention, but, you know, it's their loss because it's the word of God that's coming forth. Uh, back then it wasn't the word of God, it was sports and, and, Things like that, but anyway, that's that's a different story. Um, but if you if you tune in all the time to to the chaos and junk going on into the world, the the movies and TV shows, there's there's not a whole lot on right now you can watch without it trying to affect your mind, the way you think, the way you approach the Word of God. So it's it's a uh, it's a real challenge, but it can be done. Because uh, if you don't do that, if you don't focus on the Word of God and try to gird up the, the loins of your mind, you're just going to be angry and upset all the time. And that, that's not right. So remember, those who live according to the flesh, they, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. And the flesh wants to do what the flesh wants to do. And it makes it look fun. You know, I heard somebody say, sin is fun. Well, it is or it wouldn't be attractive to you. But it also causes death. And, and that's what it says here. Living according to the flesh attracts death. But those who live according to the Spirit, that attracts life and peace. 
So I'd like to pray. There's, you know, the thing that's frustrating about a message like this is the things I have to leave out. Because there's, the more you study these things about the mind, for example, go through the Proverbs and, and see how much many of those things really are connected and related to what is going on in your mind. And it, it'll, it'll enlarge your mind. I promise you that. But uh, let's pray and we'll close for tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, as we learn about the importance of training our mind, girding up the loins of our mind. Father, we thank you that uh, we set our things on the things of the spirit. Because that brings us into the arena of life and peace. And Father, we thank you for helping us to mind the things of the spirit. To be aware of the things we allow ourselves to take into our eyes and our ears, Lord, that those things be planted in our heart that are pleasing to you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And I want you to remember that you are the head, not the tail. You're above, not beneath. You're the lender, not the borrower. You're blessed coming in and blessed going out and everything your hand finds to do prospers. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.